Omega Man Radio has been commissioned to invade deep into enemy territory, drive out the hosts of hell, and take back the land. Our mission is to preach Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who is the only name written under heaven by which men might be saved. Cast out demons and pray for the sick that they may be healed in Jesus' name. If this program is a blessing to you and you would like to take part in this harvest of men's souls, join with us and attack the hosts of hell by donating any amount online at www.omegamanradio.com. Are you ready? Ready to take a ride? Grab your coffee and strap yourself in. If you listen, we can hear God's plan. Because the show is about to begin. You're listening. You're listening to the Omega Man Radio Network. Welcome aboard today, wherever you're tuning in from. Hey, it's a real honor to be here tonight with Pastor Michael Cummins. He's coming to you from England. Brother, do you want to open us up prayer today? Yes, certainly. Dear Lord God, we thank you, we praise you, we honor you, we glorify you, we magnify you and exalt you. And in this troubled world, Lord, one thing we can rely on is the love of God. And we know you love us all and we love you truly, Lord. And we thank you for sending your blessed son who atoned for our sins. And today we're going to be praising God and worshipping him through his wonderful word. And Lord, be with us all today and let everyone listening today be touched by the anointing of the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I say amen to that. Brother Michael, the microphone is yours. You have all the time you like. Thank you. God bless you. Well, hello, everybody. As you know, we're going to, I did say last time, we're going to talk about Mark, the Gospel of Mark today, and we're going to be looking at Mark 4, verses 35 to 41, and Mark 5, verses 1 to 20. And we're going to be talking about the man with the legion of demons, and we'll be exploring lots about this man and we learn lots about the power of God and the power of Jesus. So first I'm going to start reading from chapter 4 verses 35 to 41. On the same evening had come, he said to them, let us cross over to the other side. Now when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was. And other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and waves beat into the boat, so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. 
And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Then he rose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was great calm. But he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, Who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? And when we look at this, Jesus has just come from the other side of the Sea of Galilee where he has done wonderful miracles, healing signs and wonders. And he's going to a place called the hill country of the Gadarenes, which is on the eastern side of the Golan Heights on the coast of the Sea of Galilee. And demons there, it's a demonic stronghold, the hill country of the Gadarenes. And they're preparing because they know Jesus is coming. And they're trying to stand against him, bringing the wind and waves to hopefully turn the boat over so all are drowned. But Jesus does a remarkable thing. He lets all those who are around him know that he commands the wind and the rain to cease. And when he commands it to cease, it will cease. So they go over and then they come. This is, for, this is chapter 5. Then they come to the other side of the sea, to the country of the Gadarenes. And when he had come out of the boat, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit who had his dwellings amongst the tombs. And no one could bind him, not even with chains, because he had been often bound with chains and shackles and the chains had been pulled apart by him and the shackles broken in pieces neither could anyone tame him and always night and day he was in the mountains and in the tombs crying out and cutting himself with stones let's look at this now this man is demon possessed he is behaving in a strange way. People who have demons sometimes have supernatural strength. I've known people with that sort of supernatural strength, the strength of demons. And he's in a place called the hill country of the Gadarenes, where there may have been worship of Canaanite gods like Baal and the Syrian god Dagon. They were worshipped there. And they require blood sacrifice. Funny enough, he cut himself with stones. I met a young lady some years ago and she was very angry and very anxious. And she used to say to me when she cut herself with a razor blade, she felt relief and she felt peace. So what this man in the hill country of the Gadarenes was suffering with, people still suffer that in society today. People still need to cut themselves to relieve tension. Now he was in the tombs. Many people who are demon possessed in modern times live in homes that are unclean, that are filthy. There is some connection with living in a very poor environment and being demon-possessed. Some people don't wash. I've known people who have come to me 
who have been demonized, who have smelt terribly because they stop bathing. When the demons enter them, they stop bathing, they stop, stop washing, they stop shaving, they stop looking after themselves. They wear dirty clothes all the time. I recently had, had a man who I, I worked with for nine months and he smelt terribly. And uh, we used to offer him a bath in our home. And what he used to do, he used to fill the bath up with water, splash it the water about, and then pull the plug out to make it seem it had a bath. And people who have demons can behave like this. That he lived in the tombs, living with the dead, consulting with the dead, speaking to the dead and living on the mountains, roaring and growling all the night long. Jesus is coming to deal with this demonic possession. That's why the winds and the waves came up against him and he had to tell them to be still. Let's continue in verse 6. When he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and worshipped him, and he cried out with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with you, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I implore you by God that you do not torment me. You see, the demons know who Jesus is. They're calling him Son of the Most High God. They believe he's come to torment him to torment them by sending them into the abyss, sending them into the darkness. Hallelujah. They even worshipped him. Jesus came from afar. They said, I implore you by God that you do not torment me. For, Je for he said to him, come out of the man unclean spirit. Then he asked him, what is your name? Jesus didn't muck about. He saw the state of this man. For all we know, he could have been naked. He could have been covered in his own excrement. He was certainly bleeding and had wounds through cutting himself with stones. And Jesus said, come out of him, unclean spirit. Then Jesus asked him, what is your name? And he answered, saying, my name is Legion, for we are many. Now, when we look at Legion. A legion can be up to 6,000 demons. It's based on Roman numerals, based on Roman legions in battle. So this man is really badly demonically possessed. He has 6,000 demons. And he's really, really in a bad way. Hallelujah. But Jesus is not deterred. Also, he begged him earnestly that he would not send them out of the country. Now, the demons wanted to stay in that area. It's obviously a very demonic area. And he, these demons are being worshipped. People may be practicing witchcraft, making all sorts of sacrifices to the Canaanite god Baal or the Syrian god Dagon. And the demons want to stay in that area. They have a stronghold. And Jesus has come to deal with them. Hallelujah. Now a large herd of swine was feeding there near the mountains. 
So all the demons begged him, saying, Send us to the swine, that we may enter them. And at once Jesus gave them permission. Now, this is quite controversial. I read an article the other day about from a non-believer, an atheist, and he was very critical of Jesus. And he criticised Jesus quite greatly. He said, what about the man who owned this swine? What about the farmer who owned him? He had his livelihood taken away from him as a stroke. And I'll tell you the reason why. He said, at once Jesus gave them permission. Then the unclean spirits went out and entered the swine. There was about 2,000. And the herd ran violently down the steep place in the sea and drowned in the sea. Yeah, this man was very critical. He said, what sort of man was Jesus to take away this man's livelihood? Well, the Golan Heights is in Israel, that part of the country, the hill country of the Gadarenes, comes under the Mosaic law, Jewish law. And it actually says in the book of Leviticus that Jews shouldn't keep swine. And if this man's keeping swine... Yes, a Jew can keep food that is uh, not kosher, but he mustn't eat it and he mustn't sell it to others to make a profit. And if this man was keeping this herd of swine to make profit, that's not permitted. A Jew can't keep non-kosher animals and sell them at a profit. So this is one of the answers that this man was given, this non-believer. Jews were required to live by the Mosaic law. It actually, I believe it's in Leviticus 11 verse 27, speaks of unclean animals and clean animals and what can be consumed and what cannot be consumed. So Jesus has given these demons permission to go into the swine, to go down the steep place into the sea and be drowned. Also, people about would have seen the power of God. They would have seen the power of Jesus. They would have seen that even though these demons were wicked and they was putting this poor man into a terrible situation, He's going to be set free. You see, there are no demons, no evil spirits, no witches, no ghosts, whatever you call them, that can stand against Jesus. Verse 14 says, So those who fed the swine fled and told it in the city and in the country. And when they went out to see what it was that had happened. Then they came to Jesus and saw the one who had been demon-possessed and had the legion, sitting and clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. And those who saw it told them how it happened to him who had been demon-possessed and about the swine. Then they began to plead with him to depart from their region. You see, they were pleading with him to go, please go, Lord Jesus. Yes, it's great what you've done, but please go. We don't want no trouble. There may have been others who kept swine also. A lot of these people may have been non-believers. They may not have, lot, may not have lived 
under the Mosaic law. They may have done what they wanted to do to make a living. They may have worshipped Canaanite Syrian gods. They may have been making blood sacrifices to these gods. There was all sorts of demonology going on in the hill country of the Gadarenes. And they just wanted Jesus to leave. Verse 18 says, And when he got into the boat, he who had been demon-possessed begged him that he might be with him. However, Jesus did not permit him, but said to him, Go home to your friends and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he has had compassion on you. And he departed and began to proclaim in Decapolis all that Jesus had done for him and all marveled. So he wanted to go with Jesus, but Jesus said, you go and make a testimony of what's happened to you today. Make a testimony because then people will know the power of God, the power of of his Christ, the anointed one. This is a wonderful story. This is a wonderful scripture because it shows us the power of Jesus, the power of Jesus. Now, there are other versions in Matthew and Luke of this. In Matthew, it said there was two demon-possessed men, but this is the one that I always read now could you imagine these swine questions what happened to the demons that were in the swine well the swine drowned in the sea the demons wouldn't have died the demons would have still been in that area jesus never sent them to the abyss which he could have done could you imagine having a legion of demons, 6,000 demons. I've actually prayed for people and done deliverance on people. And when I've asked the demons, who are you? They have said on many occasions, they are legion. But you see, whether there's one demon or 6,000, if you're filled with the Holy Spirit and you truly believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour, and you're in the deliverance ministry, then you will overcome the devil. You will overcome him. As I always say to people, I left school at age 15 with no qualifications. First job I had, I worked in a tailor shop. And then I was a plumber for many years. I became a plumber. And it wasn't until I reached the age of 40 that I truly gave my life to Jesus. And I had been guilty of many sins on the way for me to meet the Lord. But when I was a child, I was attacked by demons quite viciously. And God delivered me. So when I decided to follow Jesus... He led me to the deliverance ministry and I've prayed for many, many people. And one thing I don't have is fear of the devil and neither should you have any fear of the devil because he's a liar. Every morning I get up at 
between five and six o'clock, and myself and Janice, my wife, we take communion. And before we take communion, we pray for various people that we need to pray for. And I always pray against Satan. I rebuke him. I bind him. And I do that every day to stop him from attacking anyone I know. Now, one of the problems is this wonderful series of scriptures. When you speak to non-believers about this, they will think this is fantasy. It was revealed yesterday in England that for the first time ever since records began, Christians are in the minority now in England and in Wales, I believe in Scotland. The only place that has a true Christian presence is still Northern Ireland. And wherever you go, demons are there trying to lead people away from the truth, trying to lead people away from Jesus, trying to get people to commit sin. Now, I always remember giving you a, a testimony that many, many years ago, I was contacted by a man in Scotland. And he told me this story that his father had died and his mother remarried and his mother married a warlock and he realized this man was very evil and he had arguments with this man and the man threatened him and he said when I die you're going to be in trouble demons are going to come and going to torment you all the time and it was just as he said when this guy his stepfather died he had demons around his bed all night prodding him pushing him swearing at him terrifying him and he didn't know what to do this young man was a roman catholic and he believed in catholicism and he was a practicing catholic and he ran me up one day out of the blue and he said can you help me what do i do to get rid of these demons i said well the first thing you need to do is you need to give your life to jesus he needs to be your personal lord and savior this man said, I don't have to do that. I'm a Roman Catholic. And I said to him, what difference does that make? And he suggested that Catholicism was the superior faith. And if you was a Catholic, you didn't need to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior because he already was because what was written in the Catholic creeds. I said to him, look, this is not going to work. Religion does not cast demons out. Only faith in Jesus Christ. And he got a bit angry with me and he said to me, if you're going to suggest that I take up another faith and stop being a Catholic, I'm not going to do it. And he put the phone down. And I didn't expect to hear him again, but a few days later he rang me back and he said, tell me about this being born again. So I explained him to him and he, and he got angry and he said I, I'm not going to stop being a Catholic and I said have the, has the Catholic Church helped you to be set free and he said I've had three Catholic priests pray for me and a bishop and I haven't been set free so I said to him well that would indicate to you that a change is needed 
He said goodbye and put the phone down again. Anyway, I didn't expect to hear from him at all, but he rang me back the third time. And he said to me, okay, we'll do it your way. And I said, I want you to say this prayer after me. So I got him to say the sinner's prayer and received Jesus as his Lord and Saviour. Just as he'd finished saying the prayer, a different voice came out of this man. And this voice said, Michael, if you will stop doing this work, if you will give it up, I will make you famous. I will make you rich. I will give you anything you need. With that, I said, get behind me, Satan. And with this man started vomiting uncontrollably and he was set free. I never heard from him again. I'd led him to the Lord. I don't know whether he went back into the Catholic Church, but the most important thing was that he was set free. You see, demons attack everybody. Can a Christian be attacked by a demon? Yes, certainly they can. You see, people who are into drugs, into sexual immorality, into pornography and all sorts of things like that, Satan doesn't have to attack them because he's already got them bound. They tend to get attacked when they meet a Christian, maybe an evangelist who says, what you're doing is sinful. If you die tomorrow, you'll wake up in hell. And this man, because he had confronted his stepfather, his stepfather was very worst in very versed in Satanism and witchcraft, he had certainly put curses on him. Uh, I've heard things, people have their food tampered with, their drink tampered with by people they don't know and they start having demonic problems. I'm grateful to God when I was a, a shy young man and very frightened because I'd been attacked by demons myself. I never thought I would be in the deliverance ministry and God has made me fearless. I don't fear demons at all. There was another time that I was in Birmingham and I'd gone there to assist a pastor with some baptisms. He'd asked me to come. And while I was there, I got lost. I went through this alley that led to the church and I got lost and I found myself in a large piece of waste ground and there was all modern houses around it and there was a sign there that this was once a burial ground for uh, a lunatic asylum a victorian lunatic asylum that had been built there which was no longer there and i went back to this pastor and i said look has anyone ever prayed for this place and he said some evangelists went there, some missionaries, but they wouldn't pray for it. They were frightened. They thought the place was evil. And I said, well, I'm going to come down next week, which was the Pentecost Sunday, and I'm going to pray. Would you please get a team up for me? And we will go and pray in this place. Anyway, I went down there and 
we was to go there on the Saturday evening and everyone started backing out saying they'd other things to do. So I was on my own and I was staying in a local hotel. So I decided to go at midnight to this place. It was very dark and there was a lot of young people there driving with scooters and motorbikes down the lanes and the alleys. It's quite a scary place of a night. And I walked around this place and there was witchcraft symbols attached to fences. People had been going there holding black masses. And I walked to the centre of this waste ground and there'd been about 1,100 people who had been buried there during the times of Queen Victoria and only the names of about a half a dozen through thorough research had been found out. And as I walked over this grass, I felt the earth move beneath me. So I went to this huge oak tree in the middle of this old graveyard. And I started praying and going into spiritual warfare. And I could see lights faint from the housing estate opposite, but it was very dark where I was. And I prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and broke into spiritual warfare. And I bound the witchcraft that had been practiced in this place. And I commanded any demons to leave. And then I walked back to the hotel, which was about a quarter of a mile away. And I got into bed. And to be honest with you, I felt very, very, didn't feel good at all. So I had some tea and some coffee and I got to sleep early hours of the morning. Then on the Sunday morning, I got up, had some breakfast and I was walking to the church for the Sunday service and I went to this waste ground where all these bodies had been buried, where people had been practicing witchcraft and a white dove flew over me as I stood in the middle of this ground. I always remember this white dove flew over me and I thought, God is good and the sunshine was out, and everything was wonderful. So I tell you now, do not be frightened, do not be oppressed by the devil. Stand up to him in the name of Jesus Christ our Lord. Jesus went out of his way. He got in a boat, he braved the winds and the waves, and he commanded them to be still. Then he dealt with this man with the legion of demons. Who are you, he said. And they said, we are legion because we are many. And he cast the legion into the swine. And this man was set free. Hallelujah. He was set free. Now I'm going to continue with Mark 5 and I'm going to Talk about the girl restored to life and a woman healed. After Jesus had got in the boat and gone back to the other side, you see, he came there for a particular reason, to break the power of demonology and Satanism in this hill country of the Gadarenes. And he crossed over to the other side again. Verse 21 says, Now when Jesus had crossed over again by boat to the other side, a great multitude gathered to him, and he was by the sea. And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came, 
Jairus by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet and he begged him earnestly, saying, My little daughter lies at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her, that she may be healed and she will live. So Jesus went with him and a great multitude followed him and thronged him. So you see, the fame of Jesus is spreading throughout Israel. People would have known what Jesus had done. And now one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name, and remember the rulers of the synagogue were not on Jesus' side. They criticized him. He come and said, my little daughter lies at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her that she may be healed and she will live. Jesus went with the man and a great multitude of people followed him and thronged him. Verse 25 says, Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years, and she suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garments. For she said, If only I may touch his clothes. I shall be made well. Immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus immediately, knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, You see the multitude thronging you and you say, Who touched me? Then he looked around to see her who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Now Jesus is on his way to heal the synagogue ruler's little daughter who's near death. But out of this crowd, this woman has pushed herself through. Now, what state would have this woman been in? Remember, we're in the Middle East where it was a very hot temperature and she had an issue of blood and she would have smelt very badly. She had tried all the potions and the lotions that were available at the time. She had tried all the sanitary products but she still bled. She would have smelt very bad. But she pushed her way through. Pushed her way through. Maybe crawled through on her hands and knees through the crowd that she may touch the hem of his garment and be made well. Soon as she did, immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus knew the power had gone out of his body. The anointing, Jesus Christ, the anointed one. He felt some of the anointing leave his body. And naturally, he said, who touched my clothes? But the disciples, 
They didn't know what was going on. They were concerned about the crowd that were thronging him. They were concerned about all the people that were pushing against him. And the woman, when Jesus looked round to look at her, she was trembling, knowing what had happened to her. And she came down and fell before him and told him the truth. His disciples may have rebuked her, but Jesus never. He said, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Hallelujah. But remember, this is not the main thing Jesus was doing. He's on his way to the ruler of the synagogue's home. And as he turns around to go further, he said, while he was still speaking, some came from the ruler of the synagogue's house who said, your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any longer? She's dead. People will say, if only he hadn't stopped to heal that woman with the issue of blood. If only he had kept walking, she may not be dead. This is a terrible thing that has happened. And as soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, do not be afraid, only believe. Let's go back to that. Do not be afraid, only believe. When you face de death, when you face cancer, when you face demonic attacks, naturally you're going to be afraid. Satan works on fear. It's his greatest weapon. If he can frighten you, he can control you. But Jesus said, do not be afraid. Only believe. When I was first diagnosed with cancer five years ago, I was very afraid. People had always said to me, you're a deliverance minister. You won't live as long as a normal pastor because you're constantly fighting demons. That lover negative effect on your body and when they told me I had cancer prostate cancer I said well what's the prognosis then and the oncologist said about four years if good you will live seven years and I said to her well I don't think that's very good odds if you don't mind I won't accept those odds and she said, well, what are you going to do instead? I'm going to say, I'm going to put my trust in my God. I'm going to put my trust in the Lord. This lady said to me, it's good to hear you've got a relationship with the man upstairs. I've never called God the man upstairs, but that's how she related to him. And I said, yes, I do. And I shall be praying. Anyway. I went and had chemotherapy. Uh, I went and had radiotherapy. Unfortunately, the chemotherapy has very bad side effects. It can cause something called peripheral neuropathy where the nerves get damaged in certain parts of your body, and I suffered that. And it's a lot to go through, but I made sure I still went to church every Sunday. I didn't take one day off from preaching. I made preaching my priority. And if anyone come to me who uh, 
who was demon-possessed. I lost my hair on my head. I lost my body hair, but I still made sure I prayed for the demon-possessed. I never showed any fear after I realized that even with cancer, the Lord was using me to cast out demons. And with that, I lost my fear and I got better. And my PSA levels, which they measure prostate cancer by, have been zero now for two years. So I thank God. So remember, do not be afraid. Only believe. There is a song. There's a great version by Elvis Presley called Only Believe. All things are possible if you only believe. Verse 37 said, And he permitted no one to follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. Then they came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue and saw a tumult and those who wept and wailed loudly. People were already in lamentation. They was already screaming and yelling because they believed the little girl was dead. And she probably was dead. If she had been examined by a physical doctor, he'd have said she was dead. When he came in, he said to them, why make this commotion and weep? The child is not dead, but sleeping. What a thing to say. They're weeping, they're screaming, they're yelling. Jesus said, this child is not dead. Why are you making such a fuss? The child is sleeping. And they ridiculed him. They said, what is this man talking about? We've been here with the child. We know the child is dead. How dare he say that the child's only sleeping? Does he think we're stupid? We know the difference between someone who's sleeping and someone's dead. But she, they didn't. He took the father and the mother of the child and those who were with him and entered where the child was laying. Then he took the child by the hand and said to her, Talitha Kumai, which is trans, translated, little girl, I say to you, arise. Talitha Kumai, which is translated, little girl, I say to you, arise. Immediately the girl arose and walked, for she was 12 years of age. And they were overcome with great amazement. But he commanded them strictly that no one should know it and said that something should be given her to eat. You see, this is quite marvellous. If she was dead, she couldn't eat, could she? So you can see what Jesus did. He gave her food. And all this has happened in a short space of time. He's going over to the hill country of the Gadarenes to break a stronghold of demonic power. After he does that, and the man is delivered from the demons, he goes back onto the other side and he meets the ruler of the synagogue, whose daughter is very ill, and he meets the woman with the issue of blood. And this is quite remarkable. You see, 
when you work for the Lord, I try, if I do, to always rest. But when I'm doing deliverance, or I'm praying for people to be healed. I do things very, very quickly. And on Sunday afternoon after the church, I always make sure that after the service, people who want to come and be prayed for are prayed for. See, Jesus, he used to do this. And in the short time, what was it, three years he was in the world, he did marvellous things. Marvellous things. I want you to trust in Jesus today. Whatever your problems are, I want you to trust in Jesus. I'm going to give you one last scripture. We're going to look at Luke 9, sending out of the 12. Then he called his disciples together and gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. He sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. He said to them, take nothing for the journey, neither staffs nor bag nor bread nor money. And do not have two tunics apiece. Whatever house you enter, stay there. And from there depart. And whoever will not receive you, when you go out into that city, shake off the very dust from your feet as a testimony against them. Then they departed and went through the towns, preaching the gospel and healing everywhere. Now, remember, these 12 disciples were ordinary men. They weren't Sadducees or Pharisees or people with great religious knowledge. They were ordinary men. And Jesus had said, I will make you fishers of men. So he called them together. And he gave them power and authority over the demons. Whether he blew upon them, whether he laid hands upon them, whatever he did, he did it. And he gave them authority over all the demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. And you know, especially in England, and I don't know what it's like where you live, but especially in England, my own country, Christianity now is opposed. It's opposed by Islam. It's opposed by Hinduism. It's opposed by Buddhism. But we still have to go there and preach the gospel. And one of the reasons we can preach the gospel, on Sunday, I had a lady come to see me who was Cosophon and her daughter was demon-possessed, she was self-harmed. When I looked at her neck and everywhere, she had slashed herself, just like this man we spoke about earlier, the man with the legion of demons. And she had terrible scars on her body. And when I said to this woman, are you a Christian? She said, no, I'm a Muslim. And I said to her daughter, are you a Muslim? She says, I was a Muslim. I was bought up as a Muslim. But she had been raped in an old house when she came to London. One of her countrymen, another Cosophon, had taken her in a house and raped her. And demons had entered her and she was very, very sad. And I prayed for her. 
I prayed for her and I prayed for her and I prayed for her. And I held her hand. And she started smiling and she said she felt better. This is only the first step. But I said to you, would you say this prayer with me? It's called the sinner's prayer. And she agreed to say it. And she said this prayer. And I I had a Bible there that was small print Bible. Unfortunately, with my eyesight, I couldn't read it. And I said, can you read that? Okay. And she said to me, are you going to give me a Bible? I said, I'm going to give you a Bible. Oh, I've always wanted a Bible. I said, there you go. I gave her an NIV version of the Bible. I didn't want to give her the old King James with difficult words. But I gave her the NIV version of the Bible and she went out happy. And she's coming back to the service at the church this coming Sunday. Her mother was not so keen of coming. You could see her mother was more of a Muslim than the daughter. The daughter had got accustomed to living in London, to living in England. So we've got to go out there. We've been given power and authority. Let me pray for you now. Anyone out there who wishes to operate in the deliverance field, let me tell you one thing first. You mustn't have any sin in your life. If you've got any unconfessed sin that you haven't confessed before the Lord, do it now. Do it as soon as you can. Confess your sins. Don't be embarrassed. The Lord Jesus is there to hear your confession. Confession brings freedom. Openly confessing your sins brings deliverance. And once you do that, Ask the Lord to fill you with the anointing of the Holy Spirit, for the anointing breaks the yoke. Look at these wonderful scriptures we've read today. Jesus released the anointing on all these poor souls, and they were delivered and healed. So Jesus will give you power, and authority over demons. Demons operate through fear. They operate through lies. They operate through dishonesty. And they operate because people are terrified of them. You don't have to be terrified of them. Somebody said to me once, are you frightened of the devil? And I said, no, not at all. But I'm terrified of God. And they said, why? I said, because God has the power and authority to cast my soul into hell. Now it's God we should be frightened of and it's God we should make our peace with. So let us pray for you now. I'm going to pray for you now and I'm going to pray for general prayers as well. I pray, Lord, anyone out there who wishes to go into the deliverance ministry, that they ask the Holy Spirit to search their hearts and minds so any unconfessed sins can be confessed now before you. And I pray, Lord, you will fill them from the tops of their heads to the soles of their feet with the anointing of the Holy Spirit. 
You will equip them with the full armour of God, Lord. And if they have any particular problems in their homes, their families or their friends, they will pray. And Lord, we thank you. We praise you. We honour you. We glorify you and we magnify you. And we ask you now, Lord, in the name of Jesus, as we stand against Satan, we do not take a back seat against Satan. The Son of God was manifested to destroy the works of the devil to the very depths of hell. We say to you, Satan, Jesus is returning soon to judge the living and the dead and his kingdom will have no end. You will stand opposite Jesus, Satan, on the valley of Megiddo in the final battle of Armageddon and you will have a two billion man army with you made up of Gog and Magog, the Russian leader and the Russian army. And you will, the other soldiers will be made up of all the nation's armies north of the Tigris and Euphrates rivers. But Jesus will look at you, Satan. He will open his mouth and a sharp sword will come out of his mouth. That is the word of God. And you will be destroyed and cast in the everlasting burning lake of fire and brimstone. And you will be there with the beast and the false prophet. And then fire and brimstone will come down out of heaven and destroy that two billion man army. And it will take up to seven months to bury the dead. God's not mucking around with you, Satan. He means business. You haven't got long. Jesus is coming back soon. And you will be destroyed. So I say to everyone out there, everyone, spiritual warfare, read the Psalms. I read Psalm 35. I read Psalm 91. Stand. Psalm 91 is a modern Psalm, even though it was written Hundreds of years ago, it's a modern psalm. It talks about modern dilemmas. Do not be afraid of Satan. Stand your ground. Jesus Christ is Lord. God has never lost a battle. God has never been defeated. Resist the devil and he will flee. Stand up for righteousness, holiness, peace and love, all these attributes come from the Lord. So we pray now that you will all be delivered from all fear, for God didn't give us a spirit of fear, but of power, love and sound mind. Next time I will talk about the 10 demonic strongmen. I've come against these 10 demonic strong men in my life and I've written about them and I have prayers against them and I'll speak about them next time. Jesus Christ is Lord. Yours is the victory through his holy name. Do not take a backward step. Victory is yours. In the name of the Lord we pray. Amen. Po powerful teaching tonight. Brother Michael, um, Awesome. awesome.
what shall we title this for the archive this evening? I, I'm not sure, really. Uh, maybe the power of Jesus. I love it. Brother Michael, I want you also to tell people about your church there. And if you have a website or other contact information you want to give out, how can people reach you and learn more? Well, I have a website uh, called Christ Sets You Free. Uh, this website has been attacked badly by people. I used to have some prayers there for every type of cancer. And people asked those prayers to be removed. It was a video uh, because they said that prayer is not effective for cancer. And people shouldn't come on that website if they've got cancer and believe anything I'm saying. So they took it down. But there's still people see it. It's called Christ Sets You Free. Uh, also, the church I run is called Kilburn Christian Fellowship. Uh, it's in London, NW6. If you go online and you put my name in, Pastor Michael Cummins and Kilburn Christian Fellowship, then everything will link. Uh, we have Sunday services for 11.15. I preach the word. We must preach the word. You know, you can go to church. I went to a church once with a man who didn't open the Bible. All he spoke about was what he had done. Never opened the Bible. We preach the word. And you're welcome to come. It's not a huge church. Uh, people tend to come there when they need deliverance. Uh, people have come from all over the world. I've had a, I've had a, someone come from Texas. I've had someone from Australia. People from Ireland. I've had a lady from Paris in France. People come from all over the world. So naturally, it's unlikely they're going to stay with us. But it's a multicultural church. Uh, we have people from all over the world there. Uh, so you know, you'll have a wonderful time with us, and uh, we have some great worship. And we meet some great people. So I just love what I do. I just love Jesus. If you could see me 40 years ago, you would think to yourself, that man will never go to heaven. And you would have been right. If I had not met Jesus and if I had died prematurely, I would be languishing in hell. But I praise the name of our Lord and Saviour. Hallelujah. Brother, I'm so excited to be on with you tonight. And uh, how is your schedule for next week? Would next week same time work for you? Well, that would be wonderful. Oh, man, that I'm looking be, forward to it. You know, God is good. Before I came on today, I had to take my car down to the garage. We have a thing in Britain called an MOT, Ministry of Transport Test. And they go through every nook and cranny of your car. And I was very worried that I was going to fail and of course if I failed it would cost me an arm and a leg to put things right but the gentleman rang me from the garage and he said to me Mr Cummins he said I've got some good news for you your car passed so I'm just so grateful to the Lord praise the Lord that is awesome oh yeah I, I've seen those tests before oh my goodness um, yeah they, they can make you feel very despondent they're rough uh, praise the Lord for that. That's a that's a great testimony. Amen. Folks, um, please share this program with a friend. And I want to thank Sister Maria in London for making this program possible, introducing us to Pastor Michael Cummins. And what an honor it is to be here with you. My friend, we love and appreciate you. And uh, thank you for coming on today. And we're going to see you next week. I'm already looking forward to it. 
wonderful and I'll be talking about I'll be talking about the demonic strongman oh, folks that's going to be a great teaching you don't want to miss next week same channel same time my friend God richly bless you and we'll see you next time thank you sir amen God bless you all thank you for listening amen amen folks did you enjoy that wow Next week's going to be a great program. Hello, everybody. Yes, uh, we are still operating here on Omega Man Radio. We've got a new format that we're moving to this week. We're going to be heavily focused on the Word of God, Bible studies. We're going to have uh, guests on to preach the gospel. Uh, we're going to begin to open up phone lines for people that want deliverance. And uh, we're going to have more programs just like you heard today. Uh, tomorrow same time we're going to have Pastor David Measures coming from Leicestershire, England I'm excited about that okay folks have a great day I'll get this put up in the archive and uh, don't forget make sure at least once a week if you can go out and check my website omegamanradio.com that's where I'm putting up updates anything you will need uh, as it relates to this program where to get free archives, how to tune in, uh, news, how to stay in uh, touch with people. Support this program. If God puts it on your heart, you can do it right there, omegamanradio.com. Love you all. We'll see you again uh, tonight, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 Pacific. Have a great day. God bless you.